0: we're going to look, eventually, at a little phrase, Emmanuel, it's been interpreted as God with us. Now, that verse is in my one, Matthew, chapter 1, verse 23, uh, but the reference I read is in Isaiah. Uh, I don't want you flipping back and forth. If you are nimble of fingers, thumbs, you can turn to Isaiah, chapter 7. What I'm going to try and do, very simply, is look briefly at the context of Isaiah 7, then come to Matthew, all right, and the context of that, and look at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then seek to apply a particular truth from that verse in Matthew. Now, Reading from Matthew is easy, in the sense of, you're all familiar with it, you know the context, it's about Jesus being born, and so on. If you go, and Matthew records for us that that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet, a virgin shall bring forth, and so on. If you go back to that uh, prophecy in Isaiah 7, it's very strange. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's very technical. Not that I don't think you're up to it, but uh, I don't know if I'm up to it to explain it to you. I read what other people have written, obviously, and so on. The context is a war being engaged by the Assyrians, all right, from the, the Syrians, not the Assyrians, the Syrians and Israel against little Judah. So they're planning to attack this little uh, country, this little uh, company in Judah. So that's the context of it. Okay, And uh, there's a king called Asa, and uh, he's fearful of what's going to happen, and he doesn't know what to do, and uh, he's thinking of having an alliance with the Assyrians or with the, or with the Egyptians uh, to sort the problem out. And so, uh, this is what we read. Verse 10, Moreover the Lord spake again unto Isaiah. Isaiah, Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. And Asa said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. Now that sounds okay, but what he is saying is the fact is, I don't expect help from the Lord. I don't expect deliverance from the Lord. I've got to sort this out myself. And of course, he's totally wrong, because the only help he will get that will be effective will be from the Lord. The Egyptians won't be any good. The Assyrians won't be any good. But he's too proud to ask help from God. So that's the context. And he said, "She, now, at the house of David, is it a small thing? We but you, weary, my God, also." And then we have this little verse. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, here's the problem. That verse is a verse to a king saying that God will intervene and God will bring about deliverance. But how will God do that? And what what? Can we attach to this verse? Is God literally at that time going to uh, have a woman who is a virgin and conceiving and have a child and that child will be there, there and then and deliver them? Well, that obviously didn't happen. There wasn't this miraculous birth there in Isaiah 7. And it appears as if God is saying... I will deliver you all right in in time there's a woman who is now a virgin she will marry she will have a child, the child will grow up, and from that time to when the child is grown, there will come deliverance so it's a promise of future deliverance that seems to be the best context of that all right there are various as they say um, um Various ways of thinking about that. I was trying to think of the illustration. And this is hard, but how can I say? Something, what about this then? Uh, This is a prophecy. It's not a prophecy, right? But if this was a prophecy, in a hundred years, there will be a a great time of blessing in Gordon Road Fellowship. Okay. Well, how is that to be a blessing to me today? Well, if that was of God, it would mean in a hundred years, there's still a place called Gordon Road. You see that? So it's, ah. I, mean, I thought of something, but it wouldn't, most of you wouldn't understand it. If I said to you, in a hundred years, there'll be a World Cup and England will be in the final. All right? And you'd laugh and say, no, no, really talking impossibilities, aren't you? I mean, but it means that there will be a World Cup in a hundred years and England will still have a soccer team. Probably made up mainly, made, made mainly of women, but there will be a soccer team in 100 years' time. Now, you might come back and we say, yeah, well, what about the Welsh and the rugby club? We don't talk about that. Now, so what I'm saying is, there's something to look forward to, and that what you're looking for, which, you're going to look, which you look forward to will be a blessing here and now. Okay. Well, let's then go to Matthew, because this is much simpler in because we know the story very well, and we know it's about a lady called Mary. Now, we believe in Gordon Road that this lady called Mary, she was a virgin. That is to say, she had no physical uh, union with a man. That's what we believe, because the Bible says so. And because it's so important that this little baby is absolutely special and he was born of a virgin, which must mean there's something supernatural going on here, something completely out of the ordinary, we believe that the Bible emphasizes that fact. You'd think, just say, right she is, she's a virgin, she has this baby, and, and on to go. It's what happens afterwards when he's grown up as a man and all he does and says. But, but, the Bible seems to underline and underscore these things. I was surprised when I read it again uh, to find out, you know, what had actually gone on. You have to go to Luke um, for the beginning of the details, you know. Uh, you remember that Mary's mother, Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, Uh, She becomes pregnant. Now, her pregnancy, you might describe as miraculous in the sense that her husband was elderly, she was elderly, They had no children, and now, miraculously, she is pregnant. But she is miraculously pregnant by natural means. I don't need to work this, explain this to you. you She is a man and wife who, God blesses their union, so although baby will be much miraculous, it's not supernatural, in the sense of there's only one person involved. Same with Abraham and Sarah, you know, she's elderly, and then they have this baby, uh, Rachel, Hannah, there are various women in the Bible who uh, are told uh, it's, a, it's a sad little phrase, word, isn't who were barren, had no children. And they cry to God, and they plead with God, and God intervenes, and then by natural means, they have a baby. Lovely. So here's uh, Elizabeth, and she wanted a baby, and that guy's, and so on, and now she's pregnant. So let me read in verse 26, this is Luke 1. In the sixth month of an angel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And this is what verse 27 says. To a virgin espoused, or engaged, to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. In one verse, the word major, virgin is twice, right? Now, it could have said, listen carefully, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and her name was Mary. Right? That's not a sense. It makes sense. It flows. But no. Under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit, Luke says, right, and once this, this virgin was engaged, and her, the virgin's name is Mary, so you 're telling us twice, yes, I am why because it 's important again, you need to understand the word espoused or engaged in those days when a man and wife when a man and woman decided to marry and they became engaged, it was virtually as if being married right they hadn 't actually got together physically but they were technically almost married right they would be a a ceremony later but first of all they were engaged and it was a vital thing and in fact you will see that in Matthew in a moment when we find out that Joseph is thinking about divorcing you know. her. You say well how why does he need to divorce her if they're only engaged? Well because of this strong emphasis on engagement was more or less as I say a marriage. I was trying to think, uh, if somebody might help me after all. Uh, back in the day, there was a, an offense called breach of promise. Some might remember that. Well, mainly a woman, a man promised to marry her and then he didn't, and she could sue him for breach of promise. I don't know if that's still law, but uh, anyway. So here we are. So here this, this angel comes to the virgin. And the angel comes to her and says, uh, To her, hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed thou amongst women. And she was troubled. And uh, he says, Fear not, Mary, for you found favor with God. Now, listen to this. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. You're going to have a baby. And bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne, his father David shall reign forever and ever, and the kingdom of, uh, and, the, and of his kingdom shall be no end. Then Mary says, obviously... What? I'd love to have seen a face pook You're probably a teenager. Late teen. We don't know exactly. Probably a late teens. What? What? Uh, now, excuse me, could you just run that past me again? There's a lot to take in there, right? Let's be honest. The uh, um, little bit, uh, I'm not quite sure. I must, you know, I haven't got my urine in, you know. Um, did you say I would conceive in my womb? and bring forth the sun. Yeah? Well, I don't know if you know, but I am a virgin. I do not... Now, the phrase in our English is, do not know a man. Right? I do not know a man. Now, it's unfortunate, because this is old English for physical sexual union. Right? Because some will read this, perhaps some of our generation today, would say, well, doesn't she know this man? She, how, how come she's engaged with him if she doesn't know him? Because she knows him. That's pedaft bit not it. Right? So you need to know, know that because it's going to come up again in a minute. So she says, I don't know a man. I am a virgin. As yet... I had no contact, physical, sexual, with a man. So how can I have a baby in my womb? It is impossible. And so it is. Naturally, normally, ordinarily, it's not possible. But then the explanation comes. And the angel said, Answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow sh- thee. Therefore also, the holy things which are born of thee shall be called the Son of God. But behold, like thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, third, for she was barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Have you got that? With God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be done to me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. Okay. So it seems that Mary, totally shocked, has accepted what the angel has said, and she's going to have a child a sign, without any human activity. Now move on to... Let's where we, well, let's, let's let's stay. No, let's let's move on to, to Matthew one. All right. So, what is Joseph's reaction to all of this? Because I, again, I try to be delicate as I can. I go carefully, right? But here's this man, as a spouse, he's engaged to this woman. He has had no union with her, physical union, all right? And suddenly, she's putting on weight. Uh little tummy is growing and whether she tells him and whether he notices I'm not sure what it was but um, she is pregnant so Matthew says to us when his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph before they came together see a little thing there again and uh, uh, emphasizes her virginity before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph. Oh. We, we, we tend to go over this fairly quickly, right? But it, you, you cannot imagine, you cannot imagine what Joseph must have felt when he learned either saw, or she told him, or he could see for himself, right, that she was pregnant, here's this woman whom he loves he's going to marry her, he hopes they'll have a large family, under the blessing of God uh, and looking forward to all that, and suddenly she is pregnant, this child is not mine this child is not mine I know that years ago, I saw a film on television of Joseph and Mary, and to be fair they handled it very carefully and there was a scene when he first found out and you should have seen his face what's going on this this, this person who I love and I've chosen to be my wife and, and and we've committed ourselves one to another and soon we'll go through the actual formality of getting married as it were and she's pregnant how could she do that Oh, she she could go with another. She may have been raped. And Jewish belief is that she was raped by a Roman soldier. They just made that up because they didn't like to believe the truth. So, how could she do that? He is absolutely shattered. Absolutely shattered. And so we're told. He was a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Now, I'm thinking, I'd, I'd have to check this up, but you... You might know. I'm thinking if she is engaged to Joseph and she's pregnant, seemingly by somebody else, then that was against the Jewish law and she could get stoned to death. I think so. I think so. He could have made a big fuss. He could have brought her before the elders and said, Look, here's this woman. She's pregnant. It's not me. It really is not me. That's under the law, stoned her to death. She's an adulteress. But death, but he, 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 apart from being so totally confused and angry, angry in his, heart, his emotions are, are in pieces. He says, No, I'll, I'll put her away, I live all so quietly, so just 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 so nobody no many people know I put her away. And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and to St. Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary to be thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. There's been no man involved, no rape involved. She's not been unfaithful to you. This is something God has done. She shall bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. We shall save his people from their sins and this was done fulfilled by the prophet back to um, Isaiah I tell you what if ever there was a relieved man (laughs) Joseph was a relieved man and then the shock of it and then an angel comes doesn't send somebody a messenger right? I'm sure that's God's kindness Uh, somebody comes to the door listen Joseph I got a message for you what's that that baby your wife's expecting um, you don't worry about it uh, it's from God who are you? But I'm a messenger. Are you the father? No, 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 I'm just a messenger. I don't believe you. Push off. But an angel comes. Somebody direct from God. And says, Joseph, don't fear. This is of God. This is of the Holy Spirit. And people will be born and, and, and so on. And Then verse 24, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord bid him, and took unto him his wife. Now look at verse 25. And knew her not. Of course he knew her. He would never got engaged if he didn't know her. No, no, no. Knew her not, had no physical union with her until after the baby was born. And after the baby was born, He did have physical union because there were other babies born to Mary, boys and girls as we're told in the Gospels. I think I'm right in saying that the Roman Catholic folk do not believe in the perpetual they they believe in the perpetual virginity of the Virgin Mary. That's not what the Bible says. You see, what about these references to to children? Ah, they were children of Joseph because he was older, so they were Mary's stepchildren. But no children of her own. That's nonsense. He knew her not till, till, when she got over the pregnancy. Then they had normal relationship, and there were children born to that union. Knew her not until she brought forth, brought forth, brought forth the firstborn son. So, there's emphasis there on the virginity and the supernatural birth of Jesus. Now you say that and I've often said in this pulpit technically the birth was natural, the conception was supernatural Mary was uh, the spirit came upon her and did this to her so that thing that would be born of, would be, uh, of, of God, that holy thing would be born of her so it was miraculous, supernatural, but the birth, he was pregnant for nine months, and when the baby was born, he was born entirely natural. He was a normal little baby. Now, I may spend all that in technical stuff, because it's there, and it's important, and we believe it, and it has to be according to the word of God. If Jesus had been born of a normal union man and wife, he couldn't be the God-man. You see, we need somebody to save us, to deliver us, to help us, to bless us. Uh, The angel says you call his name Jesus, Yeshua. Jehovah is my salvation. We need someone to come because Jesus is a savior. He will save his people from their sins. We need to be saved. We need to be forgiven. You and I need to be forgiven. We need to be reconciled and redeemed and ransomed and all these things we need. And in order to do that, we need somebody a bit special. An angel couldn't do it, a prophet couldn't do it. We need somebody special. Uh, He needs to be a man so that he can live and die and rise again. But he needs to be more than a man, he needs to be God. Only God can reconcile sinners to himself. Only God can perform this great work of salvation. It must, he must be God. He is God, and he is man, he is man, he is God. That is so important. The heart of the Christian gospel. We need a saviour. And the saviour is Jesus. But the little phrase, and I'll end on this in a moment or three, uh, the little phrase that Bless me as I thought about it. It uh, In verse 23, it says this. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. It's a technical name, if you like, of him. He was actually, Jesus was his everyday name, Yeshua. Um, but technically, he's Emmanuel, because Emmanuel means being interpreted God with us. I thought, isn't that a great phrase? Think about it for a minute, right? God with us. Now, it seems to me that it's the supreme example of what I think is technically called in grammatical circles, of course, what you all know about, an oxymoron. Now, if you've never heard that little phrase, uh, unkindly, people used to say, it's an oxymoron which is something like saying military intelligence uh, I thought that was unfair in the military alright, because he was saying if you're a military person you're, I'm going to need sense, so I'm, think, I'm trying to think of a, of a better um, better example of an oxymoron um, a Welshman who can't sing, alright, that would be a contradiction wouldn't it, all right an Englishman who can, well, that's always a contradiction alright, um they're, they're opposites, right? This is what it's opposite like, extreme. This uh, uh, we, we, we a, a quiet baby. You speak up, sir, right? We want to hear from you, right? You sing up, right? A quiet baby. You don't have quiet babies, babies are not quiet, right? Very rarely. So it's extremes, right? Oxymoron. So here are two things that I'm suggesting to you are extreme God, us. You see that, God us. You think about God in his almightiness, in his holiness, in his purity, in his his graciousness, and all the wonderful things. You think about God. Oh, what a God this God of the Bible is. Omnipotent, creator, sovereign, and and compassionate. All these things God is. And then, you look at us. Look at you. And look at me. Boysbach. there's no comparison is there? all that God is we are not all that we are he is not he is God we are ungodly he is pure we are not pure he is righteous we are not righteous and all the things you can say about God and we are not we are the opposite but here's an amazing thing in this uh, in this person and through his person and all this person will do, God will be with us. Us, God, this great Creator, all oh, the wonderful things He's him. This God can be with us, with you, with me every single day. You Not know, just occasionally. You Not know, just sometimes. Every single day, God is with us. Now, we may not appreciate it. We may not feel it. We may not understand it. We may feel that we have days when God has wandered off somewhere, and we can't find him, and we don't know where he is, and we don't know what to do. But the truth is, God is with his people. Every single day, high days, low days, God is there. Wonderful days, sad days. God is there. God is never not there. He is with us. One of my favourite verses, a gospel verse, if you like, is in Peter, and Peter says this: One Peter three, one Peter three eighteen. For Christ also once suffered for sin, okay, the just for the unjust. To what end? To what end? Well, lots of ends. To bring forgiveness of sins. Oh, praise God for forgiveness of sins. This coming week, we'll be looking you know, back at the last year. You know, they do things on television and radio, newspapers. They look back at all the things that have happened, and tell you, tell you what has been a dreadful year. What is the phrase the Queen used? "Ribus, anlus, anlus, a ribus." Horrible year, I think, in Latin. You Latin scholars will understand that. right? And uh, she had a tough year that year, of all kinds of things. And I think if she was alive, bless her, she would say today, right, in her speech, what a terrible year we've had. Russia and Ukraine and the whole, whole world has been upside down, inside out. Terrible year. Well, as we look back, on our personal lives, the family, everything else. I wonder what we'll say. We'll say, well, we've had a good year. Lots of good things have happened. we will praise God. And some of us will say, well, it's been a very difficult year. It's been the hardest year of our lives. And we'll have reasons for that. But we can never say truthfully, there was a day... And God wasn't with me. He was, but you didn't realize it. There was a week I had, and it was a most dreadful week, and God just abandoned me. No, he didn't. He was there, but you may not realised it. And the year to which we look forward in the purposes of God come next Sunday, 1st of January. The year that will come, 2023, whatever will happen, good or bad, God will be with his people take it with you. Write it on your hand if you're forgetful like me. What do I want from Liddles? I want bread and cheese. You know, I've got this. Bread and cheese. And Write it on your hand if you are a forgetful person. But whatever you do, never ever forget for 365 days in 2023 if we are privileged to see that God is with you. Have you got that? You are allowed to say amen. I don't know if you believe it. I'll try it again. Have you got that? Once more. Thank you. (laughs) God is with us. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. There's nothing better than God being with His people. And Jesus came and He was born and He lived and He died and He rose again and He went back to heaven. To this end, that God might be with such as you and such as me. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the birth of the Lord Jesus, of a virgin, miraculously conceived by the Holy Ghost. The baby was born, this little baby at Bethlehem, uh, to Mary. to Joseph who had no part in it uh, as physically and yet took Jesus to be as it were his son and we thank you for that little one who grew as a toddler as a young man and then he began to teach and preach and heal and deliver and then finally he gave up his life that such as we might be saved and forgiven and blessed and ultimately that God might be with us oh father bless these dear folk here this morning thank you for bringing them out there may be some to whom this is so relevant, I trust to all but perhaps some in particular will need this God is with me whatever happens, God is with me and maybe some who have never known what it is to realize God is with them help them to call upon you for mercy to say Lord God I want you to be with me I want Jesus to be my saviour Have mercy upon me. Oh, Lord, bless us, I pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's sing a song which has got Emmanuel in it, which is 176. 176. O little town of Bethlehem, O still we see thee lie above the deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by. And then final verses, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, who come to us, abide with us. Our Lord Emmanuel. Amen. Sing it with as if you believe it. 176.